Friday on a Friday. It is Blake and Aaron, and the time is 7.22 right now. And it is time. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Well, good morning, Sandy. Happy Friday. Hey, guys. Good morning and happy Friday. She's there. I know you're there. (laughs) I'm here. I see your face, your icon. Uh, Oh, no. Uh, oh, we can't hear you. Did we usher? Oh, in? hold on. Sorry. Hold on. That was, was my bad. Uh, you there? It? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, you were playing the clip and I had the wrong. Oh, the wrong. Yeah. Uh, see, I play. This is the problem. That was my fault. I had to play baby goats out of my uh, yeah, my computer. Yeah. So, you, so wrong channel. There you go. Uh, no worries. How you doing? Good. Everybody's great. Over in CMR land. I see everybody's great over in 106. We yeah. are good. We are good. We have a few headlines this morning that you sent through. What do we got? All right, so um, public health is going to be changing their reporting protocols, which is quite interesting, yes. Um, Essentially, they're going to be changing it to what they say is the international standard, which is weekly from uh, Saturday to Saturday. So we've kind of been spoiled with uh, getting updates every single day. And I know public health and um, even GIS is inundated with uh, requests in the media. Oh, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? And so... They're basically saying that, listen, the method that we're using, probably for a number of different reasons, um, isn't really the best. And, um, you know, with immediate effect, we will be implementing the epidemiological week method, which is international standards, um, starting from January the 19th. And then going forward, you know, they will do it weekly. And in transition up until the 19th, they will essentially provide uh, limited information. So the daily reports that will come out between now and then uh, won't be quite as um, meaningful or you know quite as much detailed information simply because they're actually working on the weekly report going forward. So the weekly report will include uh, quite a bit of information, graphs, data, rates, um, I think some visuals, just to make the information a bit more useful, overall trends of the epidemic, epidemic here in the Cayman Islands um, and development. So I think that's what people want. Like, it's very hard to gauge. I don't know about you guys, but it is very hard to gauge when you say, oh, we've had another 400 cases. Um, For me, the only number that I really pay attention to, to be quite frank and honest, is death toll and hospitalization. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think it's better to go weekly as well. I think you're going to be able to actually see proper spikes instead of you know, ever you know, you, you get a couple here and there. But we stopped reporting yeah. those because I, I mean, I actually don't think they're they're accurate. I, I think they're I think they're low. Yeah, I'm more about I more I hospitalization is more yeah. what you know people that are truly sick. But he, but even the hospitalizations and, and vaccinations. What, what are they in there for? Like, are they in there for specifically COVID or right. are they in there? I would rather, yeah, know a for, little bit more, but then yeah. they say, oh, now you're divulging. Give me the number much. that's like, hey, there are three people in here specifically for COVID. There's eight others that are in here for other reasons than just happen to be positive. Yeah. And they're not sick. Yeah. I broke my toe. Oh, I'm positive too? Yeah. See, those, those <laughs> numbers are ambiguous. Uh, that's funny. Yes, I mean, for sure, I completely agree. And I think, um, you know, we were, I don't know if the epidemiologist is here yet, but I do know that we are supposed to be, we being the government, that's supposed to be hiring one um, early this year. So mm-hmm. they were uh, working on that. And you would have thought we would have had one from day one, but um, 
Yes, not quite. So they, they soon come as well. And I'm, I'm sure that even if they're, uh, you know, working in conjunction with them, perhaps remotely at this stage, they probably made this recommendation as one of the first things that needs to change. Yeah. So uh, Prince Andrew found mm -hmm. himself in a bit of a situation um, yesterday where um, shockwaves really were- Not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yes, where the um, uh, Buckingham Palace, which means that it's coming, you know, pretty much from the Queen, has made the decision to uh, essentially strip him of his royal titles. And this is come on, Mom. I didn't mean it. <laughs> yes, Mom. Come can on, I have Mom. another million for my? Oh my yeah, no. Buckingham Palace came out and said, "quote, quote unquote." Andrew is defending this case as a private citizen. Exactly. Yeah, they wanted to make that very clear. Isn't mm -hmm. it amazing how um, his mom has seen so much in her lifetime? I mean, I guess when you live to be almost 100, it is what it is. But um, yeah, the 61-year-old royal um, will be defending the case as a private citizen. And of course, we'll remember that he was previously removed from serving in any official capacity. In mm -hmm. fact, you know, even for his own daughter's wedding, uh, he did not show up in any of the official photos, hmm. you know, so he was, he's been kind of relegated to you go in the corner and you kind of stay there. But now this is quite a big deal for him to actually lose his military titles and wow. use of his Royal Highness. So I remember breast can I think the last breast cancer gal I went to no, no, never mind. The one before was, uh, Sarah Ferguson was here yes. mm -hmm. and she was speaking. She actually spoke quite kindly about him, you know, and they had a kind of tumultuous divorce. Right. Um, in situation, but she spoke. I, I, she's she's really funny. Like I really liked what she was saying. And now, all obviously, having her, she like really defended him and said, "Oh, you know, he's a great guy." Da da da. This was like when this is all kind of starting to to come out. Like what? What if she really spoke? What she really knew? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we may get to find out some stuff. I mean, of course, a New York judge has said that a civil lawsuit against him. Uh, is able to proceed. He was trying to find a little bit of a legal loophole to stop the lawsuit, his attorneys, and unfortunately for them, that did not work. Um, so that lawsuit will, will continue and, you know, we'll see kind of what happens as a result of that. It's it's an interesting situation. I think a lot of people are watching. Um, so... It's not a criminal case, so he's not going to go to jail. Right. Yes. But he could um, have to pay a lot of money. And the rest of the money from that chalet sell. Obviously, he, yeah. he, would, he would be convicted of something, which is not a good look. Yeah. So, so listen, Meals on Wheels is having their sixth annual uh, change for coin, coin drives. So they're looking for volunteers. If anyone is interested, please reach out to them. They're a wonderful organization that serves over 7,000 meals a month to mostly seniors and, um, you know, other vulnerable members of the community. And uh, this drive is coming up later this month on Saturday the 28th, um, Friday the 28th, and Saturday the 29th. And basically, you'll see them around at tons of different locations, um, collecting any spare cash that you have, coin, cash, donations, uh, to really help them with their annual coin drive. So you can help by obviously donating money, and you can also help by becoming a volunteer to collect money on their behalf. Um, Chief Justice Anthony Smelly is retiring. So I thought really yeah. he, he presided over the last one, the last court um, opening. Yes. Thing. So the last quarter of 2022 will um, be it for him. He's going to be retiring after serving as chief justice since 1998. 
Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. He joined the Cayman Islands um, judicial bench in 1993, and he's been serving um, in that capacity as chief justice since then. So very interesting. Uh, there's lots of, in the legal fraternity, lots of chatter about who will, yeah, who will be. replace him. Mm -hmm. um, there are some some front runners that I'm hearing about through the mall road. <laughs> um, who are they? Well, one person, believe it or not, is actually um, Margaret Ramsey. Just yeah. Ramsey. Yeah, she's back on island. Uh, yeah, I keep forgetting. Remember, she was a chief justice in TCI. Yeah. yeah. So my sources say that she's a forerunner. She's she's very good at what yes. she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see. That's quite quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and finally, um, the LGBTQ community, uh, Mr. Noel Cayasso of the LGBTQ Foundation, met recently um, on Wednesday with the governor and Patricia Sevick, who is the um, RCIPS representative for the LGBTQ community. And uh, he's just trying to campaign for um, legislation, anti-hate crime like legislation that would really assist people from being um, targeted specifically because they are, you know, a member of this subsection of the community. So of course the um, governor was happy to meet with him, but he, you know, did remind him that this is a decision for the government. Um, at this stage, they're the ones who pass legislation. So I understand that uh, Mr. Kayasa will also be seeking an audience with the premier uh, to see how this can be done. And it's commonplace legislation um, in most jurisdictions around the world and in at least the Western yeah. part of the hemisphere. Yep. Yep. All righty. Um, yeah. That's the news. Those are news headlines for today. Lots of headlines on a Friday. Uh, yeah. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch you on Monday. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, Bye. see you later. All right, All right a segment with Seymour. All right, folks, so we got a lot to talk about here this morning as well. So we are going to kick off the discussion. Let's do our intro. Um, so in case you've been missing over the last week, um, 2022, we're tightening the, um, the schedule just a little bit here with uh, 106 so that they can make sure that they're hitting all their deadlines because they've got commercials at a certain time and that sort of thing. And then we queue up our intro song, which by the way, uh, we're gonna be redoing. And um, yeah, we're gonna be working extremely hard in 2022, coming to a radio station near you. Uh, we got lots of fantastic stuff going on. We were causing a little bit of a buzz. CMR is causing a little bit of, buzz, of a buzz in the local community, which, you know, is always interesting, um, and especially in media. So we're excited about that. We're excited to cause a buzz. What can I say? Um, so let's do our intro, and we'll be right back after this. You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmarlroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands.
All right, folks. <clears throat> Welcome back. Thank you so much. Happy Friday. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, and some of it, unfortunately, is not the most pleasant stuff in the world. Um, essentially, you know, we're going to be talking about um, people who clearly have an issue, but I don't. I don't know how much um, you can do about sexual predators except to stop them. I do know that research has shown that the younger a sexual predator is, the younger they're actually caught. So, you know, we do have teenagers, believe it or not, who are sexual predators. In fact, some um, quarter of all um, sexual abuse cases are committed by teens, by someone who's legally underage. And I do understand from um, my readings and my research that those individuals can have some success at being reformed if they're caught, I suppose, early enough. And for a lot of those individuals, their um, propensities actually come from the fact that they themselves have been victims. And so here we are on a Friday, unfortunately, having to have this conversation when I feel like we should be talking about something a bit more um, <clears throat> lighthearted, but you know, um, you guys know my position on this. This is the one issue that, uh, quite frankly, my position will never change on. And um, I feel very, very strongly um, about protecting not just our children, because I mean, obviously they're, they're my primary concern because a lot of times they are defenseless but also adults, because a lot of these predators are all about um, <clears throat> getting access to adults as well as children if they can help it. Like some, some predators have a clear, um, they care uh, about, or they have a clear attraction, I should say, um, one way or the other. So there are some predators who would never, they're just not attracted to adults, they're only attracted to children. And you know, within that subset, there are people who um, have a preference for like, you know, a particular age. So some like them very, very young. Listen, there's a court case going on right now. I'm hoping to catch some of it today. Um, I'm actually quite busy today with a number of meetings and recordings and stuff like that. But there is a court case that's happening, folks. <clears throat> where a man, and I, I don't want to tell you how he's related to the victim, but he's being accused of molesting a five-year-old child. And so the victim, the child actually took the stand yesterday. And um, I did not get to see that testimony, but I can tell you from people who did have an opportunity to see it, um, I understand that one woman in particular who works for the judiciary um, in a certain capacity. I don't really want to say what that capacity is, but <clears throat> she um, actually, it's, I'll just leave it vague, the judiciary, that she uh, left the courtroom after hearing the testimony and people said that just by um, observing her face, you could see that she was traumatized by what she heard from the, the very young victim. So good morning to everyone. <clears throat> good my light just go out? I think my light just went out. Good morning to Virtuous Pinook. Good morning, Marshall. Diamond Princess is here. Um, I'm not sure what happened to the light just now, but give me one second. Um, is that a better look with or without the lights? <laughs> um, 
Good morning to Lemonade. So good to see you. Roxanne is here. Irvlin is here. I'm going to try to tell Alexa to turn the light back on. Alexa, turn on office light. Sorry, the hub that device office light connected to is not responding. Mm -hmm. Please check its network connection and power supply. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one second, let me see if I can manually turn my light back on. So good morning to Livia Wee-Wee's here. Good morning, Louie, joining us from Detroit. Um, let me see, Alexa, what's going on here. All right, folks, that's what happens when you get everything automated around the place. <clears throat> it just starts, <laughs> I know she was no help at all. It just starts turning off by itself. Um, good morning, Richie. Uh, Lizette is here. Jennifer, so good to see you. Miss Doreen, um, Felicia, Dale, Jaron. So yeah, so listen, we have um, our fair share of predators um, that run the gamut. And uh, trust me, you would be surprised who is included in that. And sometimes they are family members. They are cousins. They are, you know, your brothers. Um, sometimes maybe your sisters have an attraction to um, underage children. And, um, you know, they're sexual predators who do indeed take advantage of adults as well. Children are my main concern, I think, for obvious reasons. I don't know that I necessarily need to explain that. Um, you know, an adult has some degree of um, control, perhaps. It certainly depends on the circumstances over um, protecting themselves up to a certain extent. But we saw recently the woman is just jogging in uh, South Sound, minding her own business, and she's attacked by someone out of the bushes who just pushes her, um, who pushes her in the bushes and then tries to assault her. Um, you know, uh, what, what do we do about predators? Uh, one thing I know <clears throat> for me is prevention is always better than cure. So that's why I think, um, any issues that we can address, mental health issues, drug addiction, you know, some of these things might help to fuel someone's desire to commit some of the sexual offenses that they do commit. Other times, it's like by the time you are aware <clears throat> that they are a predator, it is really impossible um, to almost do anything about it. The, the, the available rehabilitative resources become very, very limited. And I know that the experts are constantly trying to search and see what they can do um, because most of these offenders will be back out in society at some point in time. You know, most of them are not going to be locked up forever unless they commit not just a sexual offense, but also, you know, something like a murder or something else. And then we say, okay, they're clearly, they're clear and present danger to the community and they can never be let out. But let's be honest here. Most of our sexual offenses, to, to my knowledge, none of them carry life sentence. And all of them mean that you might get five years, maybe seven years for a repeat offender, high-end offense. And then you are back out again, right? And these people uh, become 
I think, very, very brave um, with some of the things that they do. So we've got this man who's on the loose. The videos came to my attention, I want to say the day before yesterday, and I was mulling over um, what the comment said attached to the video. And the police um, apparently in some sources had said uh, not to release the video because they were actually trying to apprehend him without um, kind of scaring him. And um, I'm not sure why that would be a concern. <laughs> like you just go and apprehend the dude. Um, you know, uh, how, how much more evidence do you want if you have people who said, this is what I witnessed this guy doing? So apparently this guy, his name is Ronnie Rodney Ebanks, 49 years old as of 2017. So somebody do the math for me. Tell me how old he'd be now. He's in his 50s uh, from West Bay. He was found guilty back in 2017 for indecently assaulting a tourist in February of that year. And, um, you know, he was convicted of entering a condo at Christopher Columbus and West Bay Road. And he sexually assaulted a woman who was visiting the Cayman Islands with her family. Of course, in that case, they had DNA evidence. Um, and he was convicted um, of that offense. And he went to jail for, you know, I want to say, well, someone said to me that he recently just got out and they believe that he was, um, that he was, he was sentenced to some seven years. But of course, you know, they don't serve a full sentence. It's like 60% of that. So um, really, really uh, disturbing. But this guy seems to have a history of this. So I'm going to show you the current video um, that has been circulating in case you've not seen it. And um, before I show it to you, I want to put the attached message up that went with the video. And, um, you know, he's he's obviously a very disturbed person because in this particular case, he uh, entered her house, the condo in the middle of the night, masturbated by the side of the victim's bed, which apparently is a thing that he does. So different offenders have different things that excite them sexually. He seems to enjoy masturbating, which is really sick because this is exactly what he's being accused of doing uh, over the weekend. Um, so then he um, began touching her uh, when she woke up and asked her to touch his privates. Uh, the woman who was an American said that she couldn't see the intruder's face, but she was able to give some details at the time of the assailant. Um, you know, said that he spoke um, with a soft voice, but a strong Cayman accent. So basically, um, you know, he, he sexually assaulted her. Really, really sick dude. Um, saying things like, oh, you're so sweet. And he did not want to use his gun on her. Um, and so on. So uh, not the first time, that was not the first time that Ebanks e had been convicted of a sexual offense. In 2010, he was sentenced to 10 years after he pleaded guilty to burglary with intent to rape in very similar circumstances to the current case. Um, and that happened just weeks after he'd been released from Northward 
for um, serving part of a 12-year sentence for a rape conviction several years earlier. So here you have a situation where this guy, Ronnie Rodney Ebanks, is a clear and present danger to anyone who is um, a woman, I would suppose, right? I mean, I don't hear anything of him attacking children. But this guy clearly has a problem, folks. He should not be walking freely on the streets of the Cayman Islands. I mean, why are we allowing that to happen? Now, I don't know what the legalities are. Uh, what I do know is our calls for a sex offender registry have gone unheard for far too long. And he should be the type of person that is at the very top of a sex offender registry with his picture clearly plastered all over the place for everyone to see and know who he is because he's not going to stop, right? Uh, three convictions for rape, sexual um, assault cases, uh, maybe even more since 2017, because I heard he recently just got out. So maybe there was another case. I don't even know. But the dude just continues. You know, I'm going to tell you guys something. I'm a very firm believer in the death penalty. And I know that a lot of human rights organizations and people um, feel a particular way about this, and they do not believe that anyone should be put to death for any offenses. Well, um, I don't agree with that. I think that there are people who should be put to death. And um, I dare say that this man is at the top of the list. You know, we need to have certain things in place when it comes to sexual predators, a sex offenders list. Now, mind you, one of the things that um, I personally have campaigned for that includes a sex offenders list, but if you go back and watch the petition that was submitted to government, it was stricter sentences and there was other things on the list. But, you know, in 2010, I think it was, um, well, maybe closer to 2017, actually, they have implemented um, some legislation that um, whilst we don't have a public sex offenders registry, we do have uh, sexual harm prevention orders that are supposed to be designed to monitor serious offenders that pose a potential threat to the community. This guy doesn't just pose a potential threat, folks. You couldn't get more clear that he's not going to stop. Right? He's the kind of guy that if somebody kills him for the things that he does, I would hope a jury of their peers would be like, you know what, um, in the circumstances, because you can't just go around killing people, even if they're, they're criminals, um, they were just trying to protect their family members. Because this dude is just going to continue. He's not going to stop. You know, Even though he's getting older, he's going to continue to do this. So you are at danger. Your children are at danger. He doesn't care. That you're a visitor. He just probably doesn't care if you're a Caymanian. He doesn't care if you're children. I mean, he will expose himself and masturbate and, and try to rape you and do whatever, um, regardless of who you are. So have a look at this message, and then we're going to watch the video. So this was the message that was in circulation. Um, and so you know, folks, what ends up happening is people take to social media almost immediately to express their grievances. And I certainly cannot blame them um, for that, especially when they feel like the authorities themselves are doing very little or nothing at all to um, assist them with their concerns. 
So this was forwarded. It says, ladies, I'm sorry to have to share this, but I think it's important to know and be vigilant. Parents at my daughter's school, unfortunately, had a disturbing experience this week and shared it so we're all aware, sharing and with a video of the individual so you can recognize if you see him. Graphic warning. Hey, everyone. On Sunday, I was at the Sovereign, and there's a man there acting extremely suspiciously. He was sitting on the fallen trees between the Sovereign and the Dart House, staring out to the water. He was suspicious enough that I asked my husband to creep up and see what he was doing on video. The long short of it is that he was masturbating while watching the children. There were about eight kids uh, he was watching play while he was touching himself. He was then caught on camera, finishing himself off on the side of the building, and the police have been notified, and he was wearing a prison bracelet. Wow. So um, they were able to recognize him right away. Wow. If he's wearing a prison bracelet, I'm assuming they mean the um, electronic monitoring device, then obviously this is someone who is still in some sort of bail. Hmm. I'll have to look him up and see if he has any current offenses um, that he is, you know, in custody for or that he's on bail for. Now, this is the sort of behavior, folks, that would have his bail revoked. And I certainly hope that um, the authorities, you know, have a look at him in light of that. Can we not have a three strike rule, you know? Three plus times you're arrested for sexual assault, rape, uh, molestation, whatever you want to call the official offenses, and you're still able to room around and be looking at people's kids at the beach and masturbating and doing that sort of thing. And next thing you know, he grabs somebody's child and drags them off into the bushes and rapes them. At what point will the law be able to stop someone like Mr. What's his name? Um Ronnie Rodney Ebanks. Uh, when does it stop? You know, uh, I wish that we had some sort of deportation option for people like this, but honestly, it's just it's beyond disturbing for me. And um, I think that we need to do more, right? So, a sex offenders registry is only one tool. That's not the end all and the be all of what needs to happen to someone like him, right? Um, I think in his case, I don't know what sort of rehabilitation they've attempted on him, but I think it would be fair to say that he's probably not likely to be reformed. So there has to be some sort of a life sentence that we can give this guy. Now they've done it before. So right now there is another sexual predator who is incarcerated um, with no release date on record. And some of you guys may know that is, um, what's his name again? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember his first name, uh, Jeffrey Barnes. So Jeffrey Barnes folks um, has been convicted by the courts in the Cayman Islands of multiple very, very serious um, offenses. And so much so that the last time he was convicted, they essentially said, uh, you know, you're a serial rapist 
and um, you're going to go to jail now for, um, I forget what the correct term is, but I'm going to tell you, hold on. Um, it's called, um, uh, it is called, well, basically he's like a lifer, right? So he will probably stay in, in jail for the rest of his natural life. Now I know he had, he had appealed this and he lost, um, let me just see if I can tell you what that's called. But anyway, he's he's one of um, just several persons because you know um, they have this. Uh, they they made some some reforms, some prison reform of you know you can't just send someone to jail kind of indefinitely. You have to have like a release date and all this sort of stuff. So he, I think there's only maybe two or three individuals who actually fall into this category where basically, you know, they've given him the equivalent of what they say is a life sentence. And um, unfortunately for him, uh, Jeffrey again has a propensity. I mean, he's done other stuff, but he has a propensity towards sexual offenses. Uh, so he has this tariff that is attached to him. Um, well, he will be there probably for the rest of his natural life. It's a life tariff. So I think how it works is, um, you know, he's got a 35 year life tariff, but I don't think that he'll probably ever get out even if he lives past the 35 years. But again, this guy has um, multiple offenses. Um, you know, the last time he was out, he repeatedly, uh, raped his victim. He broke into her home at three o'clock in the morning with intent to rape her. He, he was armed. Um, he cut her. Um, you know, he, he's just really, really uh, disturbed. Um, of course, his, his uh, lawyers were arguing that maybe a 20-year sentence was more appropriate. Now, I don't know how old Jeffrey is, but he has some 29 convictions, 13 involved in violence, and within a 15-year period, he had been convicted twice of rape, once of attempted rape, once of abduction, and once of an indecent assault. So there are people who I imagine um, fall into this hyper category of they clearly cannot help themselves. And they really, really, really need to be locked away forever. So I think that this Ronnie fella, whoever he is, uh, falls into that category. You lock these guys up and you throw away the key. Now, unfortunately, if you're in prison with them, you should be warned that if you're going to be his cellmate, you're probably going to have a problem because they don't seem to even stop um, at that level. So let me show you the video, folks, that was in circulation. Now, the video doesn't show him in the act, of course, um, but what it does show... Just give me one second. So it shows that, um, you know, I think the father had walked up to him and was trying to, um, was trying to just capture him so that they could see clearly who he was. And so um, he 
came up with some excuse that he was, what did he say he was looking for? Some, some lie. Um, he was looking for his keys or something. And, uh, you know, they had actually witnessed what he was up to. So here's, here's the actual video of him um, talking to, uh, I believe, the father of some of the children. What does it look like? It's a, it's a blue one navy one and the keys and everything. A blue navy. Okay. Yeah, man. Not good. So let's watch that video again in case you haven't seen him. This is like our version of a sex offender's registry, folks. Keep an eye out for him. Hey, man, hey, you, you look I lost my wallet, man. Oh, right. shit. What does it look like? It's a, black, it's a blue one navy one and the keys and everything. A blue navy. Okay. Yeah, man. Not good. Um, so folks, um, <clears throat> there he is. Uh, keep a lookout for him. Um, trust me, I'm telling you guys without any doubt, if I see this man and he walks up to my child, um, you know, he's not, he not going to be walking away talking about he's looking for keys after I just saw him masturbating in front of children. You know, um, yeah, I'm not going to quite go like that. But uh, this this is what we're dealing with in our community. We have a lot of, of offenders, uh, unfortunately, in this country. Sometimes we import offenders and sometimes we have our own homegrown offenders like this guy. I don't know what his life story is. And quite frankly, at this stage, I don't even care. Because everybody's got a sob story. Everybody has a reason why they could um, fall on the wrong side of the law, right? Uh, you know, we've all had trauma in our lives. We've all had horrible parents at some stage or whatever. You know, I feel like <clears throat> people are too quick to find excuses uh, for bad behavior. And um, this guy needs to be locked up for good. So Debbie says we're failing to protect your children. We're failing to lock some of these guys up. Um for the duration which we should good morning bruce uh says these sexual predators should be put to death y'all heard me earlier i have no issues with that however we can't do that as a uk territory they should at least be chemically castrated and sentenced to life prison um you know unfortunately bruce there is a little bit of misinformation about um castration um because a lot of people think that that will actually solve the issue for these, whether they're chemically or surgically um, castrated. So um, I do know that there are, there's some research that will um, help them lower their testosterone levels and lower their sex drive. And they put them on a birth control method, which is called Depo-Provera. Um, and I, I'm supposing there are probably other things out there as well uh, that they can assist with this. How much of a difference does it make in terms of, um, you know, quelling their desire to offend? I don't know. I mean, Texas does it. Uh, they have a 1997 law that allows for surgical castration of offenders. And um, some of the men have voluntarily done it because they said that they, they just can't help themselves. They just can't control themselves. 
um, in the state of Texas, in order for people, for these men to be eligible, they have to be at least 21 years of age, have had at least two sex offense convictions, and have undergone at least 18 months of sex offender treatment. I have a question here. Do we have a sex offender treatment program in the Cayman Islands? I don't know anything about it. So I'm curious if even that much exists. Because again, if you know that these people are going to be re-released into society, are we providing them with intense um, sex offender treatments? I've never heard of it. I've never heard a judge saying, oh yeah, you've been convicted of rape. Now you should also, you know, uh, undergo sex offender treatment. You see, regular counseling isn't the trick here, right? A regular counselor doesn't comprehend the uh, intricate, you know, and, and like, it's a specialty field, let's put it that way. And it requires someone who has experience and uh, clinical and research-based understanding of how to deal with sexual offenders. Does it work? I don't know. I honestly do not know. I have seen cases where men have said in interviews uh, that they have been subjected to chemical castration and so on, and they still go out there and offend. Because for a lot of men, it doesn't, the assault has less to do with sexual gratification than something else. So I don't know, but believe me when I tell you, I'm all for the death penalty. Thank you, John. I think that's the technical term at the governor's pleasure. So in other words, we'll be staying there for a long time. Um, you know, solutions. One thing I know is there's a lot of covering up in this community. There are a lot of people who are aware that their family members and others are sexual predators and they've excused it for far too long. They've turned a blind eye to it. So right now there's a, I was telling you guys about this court case with a five-year-old child who was molested. And I just also shared that one of the uh, members of the judicial system walked out because she was so disturbed by what she heard the little child share. I'm going to try to go today and see this person because I feel like sometimes I need a visual for who these predators are. But can I tell you that they have no, there's no look <laughs> for predator. They're the nice guy next door. They're your uncle that wants to take you fishing out in the brack, um, out in the water alone so that he can have access to you, right? Uh, mothers, that's your own brother who says to you, who you think you know because you've grown up your entire life with him and you never saw anything. He says, oh, let me take out my niece, Diane, my nephew, little Johnny, right? And he wants to have access to these children out on the high seas where they can't call for help. There's no one there and he can have his way with them. These are real life stories, people, that people, Caymanians, have shared with me in terms of how they have been abused. 
right? Take your own fishing trips. I'll take him to church. Mm. Oh yeah, you can you can have him sleep over. Y'all know my position on this. Never make your children sleep over anywhere. I don't care if they're family. I don't care who they are. Unless you're sleeping there with them, you believe me when I tell you. Do not allow sleepovers. I'm always intrigued when parents um, say to me, oh, my daughter wants to have a sleepover with Gianna. And I just look at them like, No, we don't believe in sleepovers. And I try to tell my daughter that because she doesn't understand a lot of things. And um, I don't even know how, they're so young and they're talking about sleepovers. I'm like, what are you doing, what are you doing in a sleepover when you're five years old? <laughs> what does that involve exactly? So I say to her, no, 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 no. We don't believe in sleepovers. So your little friends ask for a sleepover. You said, nope, we don't believe in sleepovers. That, that's, that is the dialogue here right? That's what we say. We, as a family, do not believe in sleepovers. It is a very strongly held belief. We can do supervised playdates. You can come over during the day and I'm going to supervise and watch you. Now, I'm very, very, very paranoid. So playdates in the opposite direction, I'm going to be there, you know? And it's, it's horrible because I think to myself, what is wrong with me? Am I so paranoid that I can't even enjoy or let my child enjoy her childhood and be free and run around with her friends? But I know what I know. I know the victims right here on this little rock that have come to me and that have shared their stories. And I'm telling you, if you heard even half the stories that I have heard, you would do a lot more um with your children in terms of keeping a really firm eye on them so it's a level of paranoia yes but it is well founded deep blue sea says the law won't deal with this man he will continue to do what he does until he bucks up on the wrong person then the so-called law enforcers will want to arrest them for dealing with him properly well this is always my fear is that people will take matters um into their own hands you know, because I'm telling you, you're not going to be masturbating in front of my child and then we walk away talking about you looking for some keys. You know, uh, no, no, no. And then to add insult to injury, um, I understand that the authorities were called and the response was less than receptive. Let me put it that way. And I'm going, What? Someone calls, that's a 911 call. That isn't a 949-4222. No, 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 no. We don't have no time for no seven digits. That is a three-digit phone call, 911. What's your emergency? My emergency is there's a child molester or wannabe child molester standing right in front of me masturbating right now, or he was masturbating in front of children. Please come and arrest him. And he's a coward, isn't he? You see how he's wrong? Uh, um, I'm, I'm looking for my keys. Yeah, yeah. I had a blue ring. <laughs> Mad I would have put one Bruce Lee kick on him so quick, you see? 
Louise says in Reddish, she would mean that the government is looking at the future of this country. Well, I am hopeful that this government, this PAC government will be the government to finally implement some sort of a registry. The Chief Justice, not the Chief Justice, my apologies, the Attorney General, Samuel Bulgin, after the petition was submitted, signatures, begging, give us a sex offender registry, you know, increase these sentences. Um, the other thing that was in our petition was mandatory reporting. They did incorporate that into the children's law some years ago. Because it's not just about a sex offender's registry. There was a lot of loopholes and gaps that needed to be filled. And when I did that petition, oh God, I don't even know how many years it is now. I said, you know, there's not even a mandatory reporting clause. So if you see something, you don't have an obligation to report it. Well, now, thankfully, that has been changed. There has been too much slackness going on in this country for far too long. And I'm so shocked and surprised when perpetrators like him and many others are able to walk around in this community. I see them sometimes at the grocery store. I go to Mango Tree and I see that one dude there. Um, the very infamous, um, I forget what his name is now. You guys know which one I'm talking about. The one whose mother was always defending him, but she a Christian. Uh, you know, you see these guys walking around. It's like, they don't have no shame. They know the Caymanians have forgotten who they are. You know, we've forgiven them in the name of the good Lord. Some of y'all throwing your children back in harm's way. Webster, he showed back up at a daycare center after con being convicted. He shows up as a, at a daycare, his sister's daycare center. Now, what kind of sister you think he must have, right? To allow him to come and even cut the lawn and do the lawn. The man has molested a child for umpteenth years. What is wrong with you? Oh, we believe in second chances. Okay, I get it. We put the thieves back in the bank and tell them to go right ahead and keep stealing. You know, we don't understand that there are boundaries when it comes to second chances and rehabilitative measures. You don't put the fox in the hen house, folks. What you are asking for is a disastrous re repetition of what has already happened. Second chances, yes, I understand. I get it. Second chances when you have molested a child for years. Then you're going to put him around people's young children at a daycare center. And those parents don't even know his history. You know, at the time that we reported that, um, I got on the airwaves and talked about it. He was quickly removed. I'm like... What? Parents are messaging me, call me. Oh my God, Sandy, who is he? I didn't know his history because that was so long ago. These are new parents in their 20s, whatever. They don't know who this Webster dude is. That is why a sex offenders registry would be useful. Now, let me just tell y'all something. I attempted to set up the Cayman Island Sex Offender Registry, a community page on Facebook. And because the police 
threatened me. I'm going to share the page with you guys. Um, they basically said at the time, I can't remember what police commissioner that was. Oh, well, you set up this page, you know, we're going to lock you up. I was like, really? Unfortunately, the person that I had in Miami doing it, I see she hasn't been keeping up with it because nothing's been posted in a number of years. Right? Remember this one? Another, um, was his name Webster too? Oh, this wasn't long after Kim and Ma Road got started. Let me see. What was his name again? I think he was also Webster, right? Oh, page not found. That page should be working. I'm going to report that to my IT guy because one of the reasons I take the time to um, report these cases in great detail is because it stands as a record of what has transpired. So in lieu of a sex offenders registry, until we can get that, you should be able to Google these people and look them up and have a photo and say, wow, now I know who, what, what was this guy's name again? Which Webster was he? He was the fireman. I can't remember his name. Um, hold on. Ain't gonna come to me. Oh yeah, the police say to me, you're gonna get in trouble for putting up this website. Let me tell you how ridiculous the authorities are. Right? Um, let me show y'all a picture. These are some of the, these are some of the offenders. This is him here. That's him. Oh, so he's on here. This is Ronnie. Um, I think this is him. I guess he's aged a little bit. Let's see if we can open up this compass article. So here it says, which one is, or is this him? Those are all pictures of him, I think. He looks different. But you see, you see the, even the necessity to capture different pictures? Ronnie Rodney Ebanks. Oh, my God, he's right there. I didn't even know. Wow. So he was put up in 2014. Oh, wow. You know what? I need to message her and tell her to keep on this website because this is why it's so important. So you want to date this guy? Remember him? David Ebanks, David Monroe Ebanks. Oh, he's one that can pretend to be normal. Trust and believe. Mm -mm. Abuse an eight-year-old. That was a very disturbing case. And his family was all over the place defending him. Saying that, oh, I, I, I'm talking bad about their brother because um, here he is again. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 there he is. There he is. See the face of a, of a child predator? Arrington Webster, thank you, Miss Emma. This is, this is the face of a child predator, someone who is actually not a bad-looking guy. You know what his family said? They actually got on radio, came on and claimed that I have a liking for this man and I'm a woman scorned and that's why I'm talking about their child molesting brother. I was like, wow, you people are really sick. 
There are times when you should keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Believe me, right? <laughs> and this would be a primary example of one of those times because you know, I had to remind myself folks that I was on Radio K-Man because when his crazy ass, I don't even know who she was, sister or whoever she was calling, talking this foolishness, I was like, woman, you're the reason why so many children and, and victims don't come forward because they know that family members are going to try to cover it up. They're going to try to hide this stuff to protect the likes of him. And if you think that was the first time, you better think again. In this case, this was a sustained situation with this eight-year-old child. He was grooming her in the worst possible kind of way. You know, we need photos of these guys up and about the place. So-called professional. This was him working at Credit Union, where he used to be the IT manager. <laughs> Arrington Webster, there he is. At least we had some decent photos of him. Yeah, because he ran for politics. Mm-hmm. There he is in a position of trust, fire officer high up the ranks. This is, I think, the um, control tower at the airport. So there's no face of a predator. Look at this guy. Remember him? Delroy James wearing a superhero costume. You can imagine. Nothing further from being a superhero, dude. You are a child predator going after little boys, grooming little boys for your sexual desires and pleasure. Wow. These people are not easy. I remember this picture that RCIPS called me about and said, oh, um, Miss, what's her name here? Uh, is that Mary Rodriguez? Um, is saying that you can't use this photo because she's in it. Well, <laughs> of course you're in it. Y'all were saying this man is fantastic. Oh, he's a drama teacher. He's this, he's that. You're chief officer of education and poor you have no clue. I'm not saying that you are somehow um, encouraging his behavior or complacent. That's not, that's not what this is. But this is a picture that demonstrates very, very clearly how these people can get in positions of power. Right? Here's another one. Who's this one? Trying to talk to a 15-year-old child why his wife works as an RCAPS officer. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. Wow. See messages here? How they're reaching out to children, how they're grooming children. This was another one. Christopher Ron Douglas. And trust me, this um, makeshift um, registry, attempt at a registry, you know, there's only so much that we could do, having limited access to pictures and that sort of thing. This is a small percentage of even the ones that are convicted. If the police did it, if the, you know, prison did it, they would have proper photos of these guys. Now, this one was quite interesting because he's a young guy, a younger guy. Right? And again, let me tell you what he was up to. 
uh, supposedly trying to coach people in football or some foolishness and um, has a Caymanian child. And do you know that um, his, here, here's another picture of him. Coach faces, let me see what, he was 33 years old at the time. Uh, let's see what this, um, oh gosh, so many of these stories unfortunately have disappeared. This is the problem. So the compass story is gone. CNS story about him can't be found. Let me see if I remove um, the rest of this, if we can find him. You know, sometimes websites are redone and whatever, and then it disappears. This is why we need a registry. Because then you, 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 you don't know anything about him. But you know, when you do a Google search for his name, guess what shows up under images first? Cayman Island Sex Offenders Facebook page. With this picture and the other picture. So in that instance, his uh, baby mama sister, who was Tracy Seymour, we're not gonna say too much about that, but you guys remember Tracy from the gym, actually had the audacity to message me talking about how, oh, you put him up. Are you thinking about his family? I was like, girl, let me tell you something. There's certain things that really get under my skin. And y'all know I will pop off with a few choice words on pure stupidity. And I was like, are you stupid? His family, was he thinking about his family when he was going after these little girls? I'm just curious. You're putting the onus on me? <laughs> really? I'm not the one out there molesting people, children, girl. Don't I, I said, get the freak out of my, and that was the word I use either. I said, come out of my inbox. Oh, I'm going to unfriend you. I said, thank you. Unfriend me, block me. I don't give a, you know what? I don't care, girl. You people are ridiculous. You would rather protect him talking foolishness about, oh, think about his family. You know, there are consequences for your behavior, right? When you do stuff like this, clearly you were thinking about nobody but yourself and your own self-gratification. And when that happens and you get caught, thank God, and you have to go to jail and you have to serve, I must feel sorry for you. Y'all must be crazy. Not in this lifetime. See, oh, see the um, see the lawyers here writing me about David Monroe Ebanks. <laughs> yes, honey child, convicted offenders, sexual predators can find lawyers. Oh, take down the postings immediately. I told him, really? I said, really? Y'all, y'all really, yeah, uh, 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 no, 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 no. So literally, I had to turn this page over to somebody who is outside the long arm of the Cayman Islands. Here's another case from 2013. Mm-hmm. Andrew Jason Ebanks. I can't remember who this one was, but anyway. 
defilement, two counts, defilement, count one, they like to drop these counts, trust me, talking about they leaving stuff on file, mm. here's another one, oh, there he is, Andrew Jason Ebanks, at the time, age 32, convicted of raping a 13-year-old minor, Sentence suspended. Ah, now how on earth do you sexually molest somebody's children and get a suspended sentence? Boy, I tell you. Mm -mm -mm. Because she was afraid to take the stand, he was in charge with the rape, which was left on file. So Andrew Jason Ebanks was charged with defilement. Oh, I remember this one. This is where he literally dragged the child from under the bed. Oh, sorry, <laughs> my little. Yes, he dragged her from under the bed and assaulted her. And again, got a famous sister. Oh, my sister is a supermodel. So don't talk about this case. Man. Yes, now this one comes back to me. Mm, 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 mm. What a mess. No, sir. Y'all see the issues here? Wow. And you do forget, I mean, most of these guys I don't personally know, thank God. I don't know any of them when I come to think about it. But, you know, he probably working somewhere. Remember the one, there's one at a hotel who, um, I forget in what capacity he was working, assaulted one of the visitors on island, a little 13-year-old girl, raped the little girl. He was a Jamaican guy, I want to say. He was here in a work permit or something. Next thing I know, I hear the man getting job at Turtle Farm. <laughs> I was like, what? No, but that, that must have been a different one because for him to get a job at Turtle Farm after being convicted of that, that means that um, he would have been a Caymanian predator. Oh, yes. Yep. This one, this this particular one, I remember reading this and thinking to myself, wow, a suspended sentence? There should never be. See, came on 27, poor them, their website gone. So there's no archiving of any of this information. So you want to read the case, the details of this case? You can't. Because newspapers go come and go, you know, let's see if Cayman News Service is still a workable link. All these stories come and go, even if CNN, see the page can't be found because they've redone their website. So you can't even find anything anymore, like all the old stories and stuff like that. Right? Here's another one from Cayman Brack. Huh. Five counts of rape and two counts of indecent assault. 12-year-old, 13-year-old. Right? 
There's another guy in the back. I don't think we have a picture of him. And every time that he, because he's a multiple repeat offender. So this is just a small snippet, folks. And I really need to email. I don't know what she's been up to, but clearly not really maintaining that registry. We need to put them all in there. And I must tell you that... Um, There's another guy in the brack. Uh, he's related to, I want to say he's related to, or he's the son of the one guy who calls in that always say, oh, number one from the brack, whatever his name is, it's his son. And he has been convicted multiple times and boy, the excuses I can hear. Oh no. Um, he never did that. Mind you, we're talking like five convictions later. Oh, no, you have wrong information. It's like, really? Families, you guys are a large part of the problem. You are covering up for people in the most ridiculous way. I'm going to have my web guy check why our links. Um, I think it was after we, we changed our format about a year and a half in. So um, I think he just needs to amend the URL. Yeah, somebody just said Doran Hunter. Yeah, not him. We need some photos of him too to put up there. The bottom line, folks, is I, for one, I'm sick and tired of the excuses. I, for one, I'm sick and tired of the law not taking a firmer position. I, for one, I'm sick and tired of everything else being a priority legislatively. We can't get a sex offenders registry. Finally, we got the um, chief justice, the attorney general to admit that, um, oh, yeah, my web guy said that it's actually there. Um Okay. Yeah, I think the link has changed. So let me comment on the on the um, Facebook page for the registry so that they can have updated link. So this one was, um, yeah. I see updated link. Yeah. So because we were using a different, the, the website URL changed. So basically um, the name was the same, but backslash form would have been removed. So yeah. So this one is a 34-year-old Filipino man arrested in the Cayman Islands for sexual assault. Um, this is back um, updated in 2020. An 11 year old. It's just, it's just unbelievable.
I really hope that this government can get it done. It, it, to me, it's not that difficult. There've been complex pieces of legislation that they have been able to push through with the stroke of a pen. Oh, financial services is a danger. We better jump on it. We better get, oh, oh my God, we have to hurry up and fix this. Your children are at danger and you can't fix it. Diamond Princess says, I have two daughters. And when I had my first daughter, I vowed that I would kill the person who tried to molest her. That's why I educate my girls on men and boys and women. Because as we can see in this very, very interesting case that Prince Andrew is being accused of being connected to, right? Financier, what's his name again? Um, oh. Hold on. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, uh, yes, Jeff Epstein, right? He was in his 60s before he was finally held to account for his behavior. And let me assure you, he didn't just start molesting just the other day. He'd been doing this for years. This was a repeated pattern of behavior, but guess what? Because he had money, power, prestige, because the money came with certain things. He had access to, to what's her name? Thank God she's convicted. You know, she should be sentenced to jail for life. She should never. I was, I was um, reading something about her recently and uh, watching a YouTube video and they were saying, they were telling a little bit about who she is and her history and whatever. And her father, interestingly enough, was a man, a self-made man of um, substantial wealth, like a billionaire, but he was actually ripping off the pension fund for his workers. So she came from money, but was disgraced by his actions and he mysteriously died, leaving his entire company in ruins, leaving his family in ruins, right? And all this kind of stuff. And so her linking up with Jeffrey Epstein, he was able to give her the lifestyle that she had become used to through her father. And she was able to give Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein what he wanted, which was a groomer for these young girls. So she groomed them. She, I need to, I'm sorry, my sinuses are very congested today. Let me just take a quick break um, so I can get some tissue. But she just absolutely ridiculous. Let, let's watch this PSA, um, Bobo and TD. Give me one second. Uh, Pepe, what are you making this time? A special elixir to become Pepe the Invincible. Oh boy. Actually, Pepe, we have a job to do. What? A mission for Pepe the Invincible? Okay, so there's a coronavirus test that we can do at home. Yes, we don't need to go to the doctor or hospital. I know, it's a lateral flow test. Correct, lateral flow test or 
LFTs. Both grown-ups and kids use these more frequently to help slow the spread of COVID-19 in our community. So, we thought we would help show you how to use it. I agree. We should all know how to do it. And it works like a science experiment. Let's get started! Before taking your lateral flow test, remember not to eat or drink for at least 30 minutes. I think that becomes the most challenging part of the test. I agree. Every good scientist knows to keep our work areas clean and tidy when starting an experiment. So begin by cleaning the space you will use for your test. And if you're doing multiple tests, remember to clean your testing area and wash your hands very well in between doing each test. Use a paper towel to prevent cross-contamination. Cross-contamination. When germs get transferred from one person or object to another person or object. Wash your hands for at least 30 seconds and clean the area you use. Open your kit. Lay out the contents. Make sure you get a box of tissues or some tissue paper. Now, look at the items from your kit. Check to make sure nothing looks broken, missing, or damaged. Read all the instructions for your test before you do anything. We use the Flow Flex test, but most lateral flow test instructions go something like this. Step 1. Remove the flow from the top of the extraction buffer tube. Because tubes can't stand up by themselves, place it into the hole in your kit box. If your kit comes with a tube holder, put it in the tube holder. Step 2. Get the swab packaging. It looks like a Q-tip. Don't touch the soft side with your hands. If you touch it with your hands, the test won't work correctly. Yes, that's right. The soft part will go into your nose, but not very far. Only about one and a half centimeters or half inch. Step 3. Rotate the swab five times brushing it against the inside of your nostril. <laughs> that looks a bit ticklish. Yes, rubbing it against the side of your nose will probably tickle a little. When done with one nostril, use the same swab on the other side and rotate it five times again. Step four. Put it into the tube and swirl it gently for 30 seconds. Step five. Gently squeeze the side of the tube while rotating the swab five times. See, just like this. This gentle squeezing while rotating the swab. Make sure you get everything off the swab and into the mixture. When you finish turning it, remove the swab while squeezing the tube to ensure you get everything. Step six, now watch closely. Attach the dropper tip firmly onto the extraction buffer tube. Make sure that it goes on good and proper because you will mix everything thoroughly by swirling and maybe even gently flicking the bottom of the tube. Step seven. Now you'll need the pouch that contains the cassette. Or as I call it, the rectangular results thingy. So take that out of the pouch and lay it flat. Gently squeeze the tube. Put four drops on the specimen well. Like this. Easy peasy. Almost there. Now just set the timer for 15 to 30 minutes and wait for the results.
results have come in. Drum roll, please. I see a red line. A line across the sea means that you have a COVID negative result. That means the test did not find traces of COVID proteins, called antigens, in the sample. A line across the C and the T means that you have a COVID positive result. Don't worry, if you test positive, it just means you need to take care of yourself. Your parent or guardian will let you know what to do. And if they need more guidance, they can always call the flu hotline on 1-800-534-8600. If you get no line across the sea at all, it means that your test did not work properly. That means you have to get another kit and do it again. That line across the sea should always show up. And that's it. All done. Just make sure you clean up and throw all the testing bits away. Wash your hands after the test for at least 30 seconds and you're good to go. Remember to report your results to your school and follow the directions they give you. If you find yourself feeling worried, sad, or even angry about taking a COVID test, remember you can ask for help. Some people may feel anxious about getting a positive result. Talk to your parents or guardians. You can even talk to your school counselor. You can also call the Mental Health Helpline on 1-800-534-6463 to talk to someone who helps kids with their feelings, like Miss Sophia. Stay Stay safe, everybody. everybody. Thank Thank you for watching. Bye. Thank you so much um, to the Cayman Islands Red Cross for producing that video. I think it's actually quite a good video um, that really demonstrates how to do the lateral flow tests. So folks, uh, my apologies, my sinuses are um, acting up this morning. Uh, I And I knew the second I woke up that that would be the case. I felt very, very congested. And I did a little VIX before I, you know, washed my face and put on a little... Um, Vix, because as I said, the wicks, the wicks will solve anything you got. So it did loosen up my sinuses a little bit, but there's still um, still a bit of congestion. So, but yeah, you know, we have everyone, folks, from wealthy financiers like Jeffrey Epstein, who has a propensity for underage girls, um, who he wants to be doing stuff with. He has enablers who were assisting him. And um, the allegation is some of his rich friends, and I'm not saying that all of them were certainly involved, um, but, you know, he, his, he was put in a position of um, being connected to these people. And when you look at the history of his relationship with, um, I'm trying to recall her name now, it's obvious that she actually helped him get into that world because money apparently doesn't do it on its own because you know there's money and then there's the old wealth and that comes with that is you've been around these people you've been around the royals you've been around the clintons of the world you've been around donald trump's of the world and so that gets you way more access when you have that lineage that connection it might take you one generation to get there but in the case of um now convicted and disgraced um, friend, girlfriend, whatever she want to call herself, 
of Jeffrey Epstein, um, uh, Jeline Maxwell, you know, she helped him get access to this world. And what was so amazing is when I was watching one of the videos about him, there was the first victim who came forward years ago, went to the FBI and complained about what she says happened to her. And the FBI basically did nothing because of who this man was. So the systems don't always work. And that is why it is important for people to lend their voices to this sort of problem, right? Eventually he came tumbling down. Eventually even uh, Jelaine Maxwell and her prestige and socialite and her position, it wasn't enough. You know what uh, Wikipedia now has her updated information as? Jelaine Noel Marion Maxwell is a British former socialite and convicted sex offender. That's the first line on Wikipedia about her. Good. Right? That's exactly what we need. We need to stop protecting uh, these people just because some of them have money and power or they're your uncle, they're your cousin, they're your brother. To me, it doesn't matter who they are. This woman had the best of everything. I mean, yes, her father screwed up financially, but she was so well connected that she could have still had, she could have married well to somebody who was just normal. She could have worked on her own. She doesn't have to marry into money if that's the life she's looking for. Rubbing shoulders with the royals, all this stuff is important to them. There's a way you can go about doing it that is honest, maybe a little bit of hard work. That never killed nobody. Now she's going to be remembered for sex trafficking minors and transporting them for criminal activity, for grooming them. Unbelievable. Jeffrey Epstein, he was such a coward. And when he was finally held to account for his behavior and the media was top on it, on top of it, everybody's reporting. He kills himself. And those of you who think that, oh, somebody offed him, there's a conspiracy. What they need to do is they need to get Jaylene Maxwell to start talking because she knows a lot more predators that was in that web. And Prince Andrew, well, what can I say? Hmm? I know we're British territory and we're supposed to love the royals unconditionally, but I don't care who you are, if you're royal or not, if he did what this woman is accusing him of doing, then he should have, he should be facing criminal charges. And you know, the FBI want to talk to this man and he's refusing to make himself available. This is, this has always been my thing. Why are you refusing to make yourself available to FBI? Right? Look at all those medals. Now they're all stripped away. Poor old Queen Elizabeth II at her old age having to deal with distress. I'm sure she never gave this boy one good Caribbean lick in his life, but she's probably thinking about it now. Stripped of his titles, military title. He can't use your royal highness. What a disgrace. And the royal family is basically trying to distance themselves from this whole situation. They're like, your son, you're on your own. 
And they've made it very clear that he is now going to be defending this case in his own personal capacity. That was a statement that they issued yesterday. So in the case of uh, Jelaine Maxwell, of course, she has more money than Quaker has oats. So she's going to peel this case and try to drag it out for years to come. Lessening the chance of her going to jail anytime soon. So apparently prosecutors are saying that they will, they are prepared to drop pending perjury charges against her. So they sent her a letter on uh, January the 10th, her attorneys, I guess. They're prepared to dismiss perjury counts in an effort to bring swift closure for the victims and to prevent them from being re-traumatized at a possible second trial. So this is now a an agreement that they're saying, hey, if we can come to an agreement here, we'll leave that alone. And in exchange you drop any future appeals. And a lot of times, you know, this happens. So they've got several perjury counts lined up already. But you know, a lot of the victims wanna bring some closure to this and try to move on with their lives. Mega millionaire. Mm -mm -mm. Um, thank you so much. Diamond says, I believe that they should be made public so parents and also young adults will know who they are. Louis, thank you so much. Louis says, thank you for shining uh, in this dark year of Cayman. My prayer is that sooner rather than later, sex offender registry will be in place. And I want to make it very, very clear, and I said it already, I'm going to say it again, a sex offender registry is part of the puzzle, but there are many different components of the puzzle. The biggest component is we, as members of this society, need to change how we're dealing with these people on a personal level. Because a lot of us know these people. They are your friends. They are family members. And you need to stop normalizing this behavior. Yes, having them at a sex offender registry is great, and I think it's necessary, especially because we have such a transient population where people go and come all the time. And so you don't even know who's who. That same David Monroe Ebanks, I hear that he's last, somebody saw him, he was dating some American or Canadian or whatever, and she don't have a clue. I hope she not got no children. Although I've heard stories from adults about him too. Some of them could go after the eight-year-old and the 30-year-old. So we need to take personal accountability for this, right? I, I don't accept this behavior from anyone. And so even last week, quite ironically, was it just last Friday that we were talking about that whole situation with Deidre <laughs> and her telling someone who was being questioned in relation to accusations of child molestation. 
she says to them, don't admit to anything. Who says that? This is the, this is a level now of personal accountability that, you know, we need to have. That isn't the way that you speak to someone or what you say to someone who is being arrested, questioned by the police for allegedly molesting little boys. You don't say, don't admit to anything. You say, speak the truth. Because the truth is ultimately what will set you free. And whether the truth is that I did touch those little boys, that I did sexually molest them, then you speak the truth. You deal with the consequences. If you're going to go to jail, if you're going to lose your future that looks oh so bright, those are part of the consequences. When you cover up or don't admit to anything, those little, a three-year-old, oh, he can't really explain what happened to him. Maybe it was somebody else who did it. You're allowing a predator to continue to walk amongst us and people in this community don't know. They don't know who that is. And I'm not telling y'all who it is to protect those little boys. But this person, if I told you who it was, you would fall through the, the you would not just fall through the floor. You would literally fall through the ground all the way to hell and back. That's how shocked you'd be. And this is the problem. So many child predators are normal they just seem like normal people. And so you never know. But when you protect them and when you cover up, you're not really helping them, you know, because eventually it comes out. It might be a hundred victims later, like Jeffrey Epstein, might be hundreds of victims. Can be 20 or 30 years like a Bill Cosby. But trust me, it always rises to the surface. I know a young lady here, she's from Canada. And sometimes she listens to me and she says, Sandy, you know, um, I'm a victim, a survivor of child abuse. And I've never spoken about it because I can't talk about it while my parents are alive. And I said, why? What do you mean? Because she thinks that her parents would not understand. They would blame. It sounds like it was a family member. They would blame maybe themselves or try to blame her. And it's just one of those things where she would rather have sleeping dogs lie, not deal with her own trauma, really, not tell her parents that this horrific thing happened to her because she's more concerned about how they're going to feel in the situation. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Shanine says that they lost their right to privacy when they decided to invade the privacy of minors. We should have the death sentence for them. Forget their families. They're just worthless. She said worthless, but I'm saying worthless. Uh, if they protect that kind of waste, hashtag not silent, hashtag not sorry. Andrea, nope, no sex offenders registry. Good morning, Miss Donna. She says we're missing a lot. Oh, we know. Um, like I said, for my own personal, to keep myself out of jail, I had to hand it over to someone who's not in the Cayman Islands, I think sometimes it's hard for her. Like I'd be sending her stuff like, okay, this is what you need to post up, whatever. But, you know, she hasn't really been posting lately. So we need to see if we can revive the um, SOR page. Um, Louisa, safety of her children is protecting the future and hesitation to be a voice for the voiceless goes against the word of God. Thank you, CMR, in the most way, continuing to be a light on the hill. Thank you. Perla, good morning. 
I saw Pearl at work yesterday, working diligently. Uh, Louis also says that this is a global disease. Sex addiction is evident, uh, evidence of lack of self-control. Well, it's much more complex than just that. But yes, this happens globally all over the world. And the Caribbean is one of those jurisdictions where unfortunately um, it is easier to be a predator in this region than in some others because we have legislation that's outdated. Most jurisdictions don't have a sex offender registry. If they do, it's worthless. It's just on, on paper. It doesn't really do much of anything. And children are routinely uh, targeted and thrown to the wolves. Remember that other guy that um, Prashard, I think he's going to be sentenced this, I think it's this month in court. Um, let me see, Prashard, Neville Prashard or whatever his name is. Remember him? Uh, this was the one who's molested multiple children. Yeah, here we go. And do you know, someone reached out to me and I, I guess, um, oh, hold on one second. I hate when this happens. Let me refresh that page. I guess, I, I don't know. She reached out to me. She's like, oh, but this man is saying he didn't do this. And his family in Jamaica is saying this and that. And I'm like, oh, and you're going to believe his family in Jamaica? I'm like, really? Of course, they're going to try to protect this man. That's the problem. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Always protecting the child molesters and never the children. Isn't that the irony of it all? 11 counts against six children. Six children. And you think this is his first time? Please. This is not his first time. The brother's been getting away with it for a minute. Real sick person, huh? So he's been convicted finally. And uh, waiting at his sentencing, so someone contacted me and said, well, you know, um, his family in Jamaica saying he didn't do it. So I start talking to her because sometimes I really do have to engage people because I realize that they just don't know and they want to believe. And oh, these, um, the mother of these children said, it. I was like, let's, let's delve into the case. Let's talk about what the jury heard. That's why there are times I come here and I explain a case because if you listen to what's on the streets, y'all don't get it. You don't understand the intricate details of what came out, even when they are not convicted, like our taxi um, driver guy there. What was his name again? I don't know how the jury made that mistake, but you know what? This was a classic case of us versus them. Caymanian saying, oh, he, a Caymanian. Mm, we don't like her. She's a white lawyer, privileged, this and that. We can take his word. Although the evidence to me was like, why would you believe him? Right? We let him go. Y'all let him go, not know, not realizing what you let go. <laughs> the victims that have reached out to me. Huh. Let me tell y'all something. Some days you got to put your neck on the line. What his name is again? Um, oh, good 
Gold, the taxi driver. Hmm. Here's what someone said to me. This was last year. Uh, oh, he tried that with my daughter in 2015 and she didn't say anything to me until your story broke. I hope these women get justice. In this case, this woman, of course, she didn't get justice. And then they come back and they said, just listen to this, Sandy, after I saw that he was found not guilty. He had better be careful. I know of at least one daughter that he has and his karma is coming, believe me. It's unfortunate that his karma is going to come potentially in his own daughter, isn't it? And there was a story shared by this woman about how her daughter had been lured to this guy's house as a teenager, not realizing that the intent was to sexually assault her. And thankfully for her, she was able to get away. But then she discovers that not only is he there, but a cousin is hiding under the bed. You see, these are the stories I hear all the time that make me super paranoid. Y'all don't know the monsters that you're sleeping with, <laughs> that you're bringing into your own households. Oh, he's going to be a stepfather to my children. We're going to get married. Girl, please. It's only a matter of time before people like that, they can't pretend forever. They will reveal themselves. And you're going to be the fool who will be remembered for sitting down up in court, hearing all this testimony, taking time off your job as a lawyer to believe that this man is innocent. Well, he was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. Does that mean that I believe he didn't do it? There are a lot of people who are found not guilty by a jury of their peers and they're guilty of sin. A word to the wise, the juries don't always get it right. And the one thing about K-Man is despite their best efforts, people do talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They can't stop the mall road. And I don't mean this mall road. I mean the literal, the real mall road out in the streets. Remember the guy that works CIAA? What was his name again? Um, as a security guard? He's another one. Yep. Gordon McLaughlin, age 38. I need to send some of these pictures to the SOR page too. They can put him up. Look at this one. Remember him? You want to hear the stories about his history with little girls with underage teens? <laughs> it's unfortunate, really, in my mind, that victims remain as silent as they do 
for as long as they do. But I understand it. I understand the psychology behind it. And I understand that we live in a community and in a society that unfortunately does not support the victims the way in which we should. And that lack of support means that they are unlikely to come forward. So this mother who's sharing this story with me about what happened to her daughter in 2015 from the guy who was accused of assaulting a woman in his taxi, how many other people you think would have had a situation with him that perhaps they remain silent about? Well, I don't know how many. That's the problem. But I can tell you one thing. Enough of them were messaging me, saying stuff. Folks, take it serious. Good morning, Miss Della. <sighs> anyway, let's move on. All I can tell you is, in the words of Johan Moxham, stay woke. Do not take your eyes off of this situation. You know, I'm giving this government an opportunity to um, take their time, uh, get their feet wet a little bit, but there's certain priority areas. And to me, protecting children is a priority. Seriously. It's unfortunate. All right, folks, happy Friday. On that note, I know it's not the best note to even say happy Friday on, but what else do we have on the agenda? Let me just see what else is going on here. Um, oh, look at my little Gigi. Her picture just came up um, of her sleeping with Pepper Pig. You know, I was, I was in this fight long before I had a daughter. I couldn't have predicted that I would have a child or have a daughter, have a son or anything, but I tell you what, when I look at this little child, look at look at her. My tweetum. She is so sweet. She loves Pepper Pig. Well, she's not into it anymore like this. But look at this. She actually had six Pepper Pig toys at one point, the little plush toys. She had the big one, which is actually a backpack in the corner. And then all these little ones, different little Pepper Pig. Oh, man, she loved her Pepper Pig. You think, who could ever hurt a child? Right? They're so innocent. They're so just, oh my God, so amazing. Like sometimes I just look at her and I'm like, I guess every parent, like if it's your child, of course you, you're looking through, through it with rose lenses, but you know, the potential that our children have to make this a better world. I hear her talking about when she sees something thrown down on the ground. Why are people messing with the environment? Why are they littering? I'm like, oh my God, she's only five years old. And already she sees, like, why do we not love Mother Earth? Because she goes to school where they teach you these things. Like, we don't litter. We don't throw stuff down. We have to care about our environment. She asked me questions about COVID. You know, for a minute, she's kind of understood what COVID is. And we were having a conversation in the car the other day, and she's like, um, 
you know, what if this person, our friend has COVID? She's like, oh my, he has COVID. He's going to be really sick. And I said, well, thankfully he had his vaccine. So he's not that sick. Then she used, she's always used the word COVID. But then for the first time, I really heard her say the word coronavirus, the big word, the long word, you know? And she's like, what if COVID, because we're driving the car, she's like, what if the COVID germs get in front of her car? You know, like sometimes they don't always understand certain things about it, but you know. They are just so amazing, so precious. Like she wants to feed the good dogs on the other side of the fence, not the bad dogs that killed poor Coco. She cares about animals. You know, whenever she walks up to me and says, something hurt her feelings, I listen. Because to me, that's important. So we had a friend over for New Year's. Like, I don't know what they did, but I think they must have said something jokingly, whatever, and a five-year-old doesn't always get it. And she came to me and she's like, just putting her head down on me. And I said, what's wrong? What's going on? Mm, so-and-so hurt my feelings. I said, why? And then she explained what happened. And I said, oh, I think he was just joking. Like, that's a joke. But I listened and I paid attention. If your child says that their feelings are being hurt, if they come to you crying about a situation, if they don't like something, address it. At her school, she says some of the kids use potty words. And I had to ask, well, what, what's, potty, what's a potty word? Because I needed to understand what that meant. She said like, like potty words, like toilet head and stuff like this. I'm like... Oh, okay, I guess that's a thing. I don't know. And, uh, you know, I spoke to the school about it. And they said, yeah, they're working on it. The little boys like to say potty head and, you know, toilet bowl head or whatever. Some children are much more, like, sensitive than other children. They have a higher degree of emotional intelligence, but parents, it's your job to pay attention and to listen to your children, to engage them. That's why I don't believe you need to be having no 50 million children. Because giving a child individualized attention takes time. Honestly, even then you're like between work, community, you know, sometimes you feel like you're not doing enough. Imagine if I had 10 children, I'd be like pulling out my hair because I wouldn't have time to learn each individual personality, spend each day with each individual child, not just collectively as a gang. That's all, I, that's all I can tell you. I mean, I can't, you know, there's no science here to being a good parent. I can't tell you all how to do that. But I can only tell you that we all need to do better and we all need to try. Um, and I guess that's the takeaway here. You know, the same mistakes that were made with you and your upbringing shouldn't really be on the table for being repeated, right? All right. COVID-19, we will see some reporting changes. We mentioned this at the top of the program. 
basically, Dr. Newton is here, and I think it sounds like she's working in conjunction with an epidemiologist, and they will be um, using the international standard now for reporting cases. The international standard is um, Yeah, I got the information that I needed about this child molester in court yesterday. You know what's so interesting about this guy is he decided, I just see the email um, in my inbox. He decided to have at the last minute a judge alone as opposed to a jury. Wow. You think that gonna save him? Anyway, uh, the trial lasted for one day. It actually ended yesterday afternoon, so I missed it. I was hoping I could go today and hear the rest of it, but now it's done. Delivery of verdict judgment is set for Tuesday, the 18th of January. That's Tuesday coming at 11 o'clock. I'll be there. So there's a no publication order pursuant to the following sections. Let me see now. Section 12 of the Youth Justice Act. In relation to any proceedings in any court, such court may direct, and this court so directs that no published report of or comment on the proceedings shall reveal the name, address, school, et cetera, all the particulars of any young person concerned in proceedings. Definitely not. No picture shall be published as being or included a picture of any young person. Definitely not. That's not a problem. We're not here to expose the victims. Anyone, what is it? Whoever publishes any matter of contravention. All right. So we don't, that's fine. Then we have section 31 of the CPC, the criminal procedure code. Uh, anonymity of complaints and rape cases. All right, that's fine. Okay, there's nothing here. Uh, and therefore I ordered that there be no identification of the complaint in this case. Of course, we're not gonna identify five-year-old. Now, uh, does that mean that we're not gonna identify him? Y'all better know for sure he will be named. Let's wait until, um, Mm-hmm. My God. Um, indecent assault. Mm-mm-mm. mm mm Let's wait until Tuesday. I'll be there Tuesday. Let me put that in my calendar. The one from West Bay. Mm-mm-mm. Interesting. All right, let me acknowledge receipt of this email, y'all. Mm -hmm. there, there are ways in which to report on these things without um, putting the victim at risk. Um, but what I find happens, right, is that unfortunately, even other media seem to do this. They would rather tell you the details of it that, that 
mean that they can't name the perpetrator. Let me give you an example of this. And this is really, 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 really easy to deal with, right? So instead of them saying, um, this man, whatever his name is, is convicted of an offense, a decent assault on someone under the age of 16. And then you can go into a little more detail. She was only five years old. This is what she, what he did, whatever. But you don't have to say anything else about the connection with a person and the victim. But they would rather tell you, oh, a man was was convicted or he's in court for molesting um, his cousin, his niece, just random examples, right? They would rather do that and not name him. Let me let me make sure you understand the point that I'm trying to make here, right? My point is, there is a way, in my opinion, that you can name the individual and leave out any details that would identify the victim because your overarching desire is to name the perpetrator, right? But people don't seem to know how to do, like reporters give information, oh, it's a stepchild, it's a cousin, it's the next door neighbor, it's this, it's that. To me, it doesn't matter who it is. Leave those details out. The thing that the people really need to know is it's this guy. This is the guy that you need to be looking out for, Ronnie Ebanks. His face should be plastered all over Cayman. We need an update, updated photo of Ronnie because it looks like over the years, his face has changed considerably. That's what I'm talking about. We can get more creative about how we disclose this type of information. Now, the truth of the matter is this, this is the Cayman Islands. So regardless of what case it is, if I really, really wanted to know something, it's two degrees of separation. I make one phone call, I message one person, and I would have the information that I need. That's 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 how it works here. That's what it is. And I'm also very much aware and cognizant of the fact that that's me. If you are a, a visitor to this country, you are not going to have necessarily those types of resources. You just came here from Canada. You just came here from the UK. You just came here from other places in the Caribbean. You're not going to be able to know that David Monroe Ebanks has a history of what he has done. Or if he's in court, he could be sleeping in bed with you and lying to you about the nature of the allegations and you would have no clue. That is why 
in my mind, a sex offender's registry is actually more, and it kind of sounds weird, it protects not just Caymanians, the next generation coming up who don't know who these guys are as they get older, as the predators get older, but it also protects visitors to our shores. People who come here and don't know, they don't know David Monroe Ebanks from David Jacome Ebanks or anybody else. They don't know a Brandon Beckett. They don't know the history of these guys. And so knowledge is power in the sense that it allows you to protect yourself. There was an instance in Newland some years ago where someone messaged me and said, hey, Sandy, do you know that at the front of Newlands, um, down in North Sound Estates, there is a convicted child predator living right here at this location? I was like, no, I didn't know. And that wasn't far from where I lived. And I didn't know. They move around. Is the police even keeping track of where they're moving to? You see, that's another element. We talked about the sex offenders registry. There should be this element of you need to let us know where you live. So this guy, Ronnie, enjoys going to the beach. That, that's where he um, likes to go and do his, his, you know, he goes after tourists on the beach, that sort of thing, right? He had on an ankle monitor. Is ankle monitor not, not seeing the dudes at the beach? Ha Hello, can we put some measures in place where uh, you don't go certain places? Like Laval can't go to a government building now within 100 yards. This dude shouldn't even step 200 yards of a beach, of a condo, somewhere where he doesn't live. Well, what kind of business you got there? Tell me you're looking for keys. What you're looking is an assin from somebody. That way you're looking. And it's too bad that one of your own West Bears didn't grab you and put it on you. But you know, we need to start thinking here. Beaches, off limits. Because all you're doing is sitting down and looking at little kids in bathing suits and jerking off. Condos, off limits. You have no business there. You know, start prohibiting these uh, perpetrators from being able to go to certain locations. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Um, Someone commenting this morning says, good morning, burn the place down, Sandy. Let them have it, thank you. Uh, oh, someone said, just here you said, uh, Brandon, I just saw his name on the court list for assault, gonna look back. Yes, my dear child, he's back in court for assault again. Again, kidnapping. Did he rape the girl when he kidnapped her the last time that he went to jail? That's a dude that has some serious issues. But again, enablers, he'll probably walk free this time because the biggest enabler is the victim in this case. She, she has not come to the understanding of the monster this man is. She needs to go sit down and read his court files. Any of y'all want to marry an ex-convict because you believe in second chances? Read the court file first. That's what I would recommend. Trust me. Don't go marry an ex-convict if you don't know their story. 
because they're going to give you one version of events, which he has. Oh, no, this one was stalking me and she wanted me. That's what a wife going on telling people like a fool. She looks like a fool. Ay, ay, ay. Someone says sexual predators, including current and former MLAs too, or what? It includes everybody. And we don't care what your job is. Uh, anyway, folks, um, do, do your part. Huh? Thank you, Loretta. Thank you, Damien. Appreciate it. Folks, I, my apologies. You know, I hate having these discussions, but they are necessary ones to have in our community. And um, I'm aware that a lot of other people will never touch, you know, they have talk shows, they have podcasts, whatever, and they will never touch these discussions because some of them be predators themselves. Tourism, if you work in tourism and you get a stipend, make sure that you know, today is payday for you. You'll get your little money today. But now it's being paid, um, it's moved, being moved from the tourism ministry over to the Ministry of Border Control and Labor, which is uh, Deputy Premier Chris Saunders. Um, and that kind of makes more sense for me, actually, because that's also financial um, finance and whatever, right? So you'll get your direct deposit. And one thing at the bottom that had a few people contacting me, some people said they were concerned about it, and other people said it's about time. Um, if you have a change in circumstance, you were supposed to contact um, stipend at gov.ky. You see the instructions there. And uh, you should register with works so that they can see about finding you a job. And it says, please note that in the coming weeks, the program will be reviewed and additional needs assessment will be conducted. Recipients will be advised by the end of next week of the new program requirements to remain eligible to receive funds. So some people kind of felt a way about this, like, oh, they're going to put criteria. Listen to me. They should have had criteria in place from day one. This is one of the failings of that last government that claimed they were doing such a great job with handling the pandemic. You put a program in place to help Caymanians displaced um, because of COVID in the tourism industry. And I hear there's some people getting money who are not in Caymanians. And there are people who didn't even work in tourism. I hear something about some um, tour people, tour operators, whatever. And they must have put a good 10 family members on there who never even worked in tourism. So there's nothing wrong with um, tightening the requirements. It should be done. Because if we are potentially having people, and I don't care if it's one person, 20 people or 50 people, out of the thousands that are getting it, abusing the system, that means that there will be far less 
for the deserving and legitimate tourism workers to get. The money isn't printed. Government doesn't have a printing press for money. The money comes from somewhere and you know where it comes from? We, the people, me and you, complain about the high cost of living and all the fees that we have to pay in this country and we gotta pay this fee and that fee and da 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 da. That helps the government to run. And inefficiencies, inequality in applications of how money is being dispersed, allowing people to crook the system doesn't benefit any of us. So if you are an upstanding tourism worker who is in need of a couple of dollars that you're getting and you've been using it, you're not back fully employed, some of y'all in a government job, no less, you're actually in tourism, all these things, you don't have nothing to worry about. This don't concern you. When they send you the questions, you fill it out, you provide whatever confirmation, whatever information they need, we're going to keep them honest. That's what this is about. I don't have any problems with government tightening the ropes on this program. From day one, y'all been complaining to me about it, and I can't do nothing about it. So I'm glad that the PAC government is saying, mm, we're going to move it under finance and give it to people who know have an eye for certain things. And yes, there will be an assessment um, in place. Nothing wrong with that. Do things the right way. All right. Folks, um, it is the weekend. Thank you, Damien. Who made the exchange rate fixed? Um, I have no clue, but it's been like that for donkey years. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning into the program today. Do have a safe weekend. And uh, let's try not to have, could, do you think we could ever go an entire weekend without a traffic accident? Is that possible? Could we all use a little bit more caution in the roads? I guess the only time it was possible was during COVID lockdown, child, because then the roads were safe. Anyway, folks, be good. We'll see you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.